We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What a week it has been. What a last couple of weeks it has been. Really is. Uh, it just continues. Breaking stuff continues to uh, to flow right in. He's Jesse Styers, live with his Christmas tree in the background. I'm Sean Styers. How are you tonight, Jess? Doing well. It just gets darker and darker sooner and sooner, though. I mean, that's December, right? We're, uh, we're a little bit, what, we're about a week and a half or so away from... Christmas. Jesse's in uh, in the IB spirit with his IB sweatshirt, stoked as well. Glad to have you with us here tonight, man. I mean, we had one show already to go, and then <laughs> five thirty Eastern time, Henry starts yapping, and it woke up Audric Estime, and he's like, "Hey, I think I'm going to uh, declare for the NFL, and I'm going to opt out of the Sun Bowl as well." So that's where we are, Audric Estime. Fresh off one of the all-time great seasons for a Notre Dame running back with 1,341 yards. He averaged 6.4 yards per carry. Set a Notre Dame record with 18 touchdown runs. A single-season school record, 18 touchdown runs this season. And, of course, he capped it off with his monster game against Stanford to end the season. I mean, just this is probably... This and Joe Alt, which we both had this week, the least surprising news <laughs> that we've got. But here it is. It's finally here. Audric Estime, after his junior season, has decided to uh, to opt out. Yeah, and like you said, these were these were the ones that were the most expected, but also the ones that had the biggest impact, right? Because it's likely if you are expected to sit out, it's because you are a significant player and you are probably moving on to the NFL or have the aspirations to move on to the NFL. Um, and like you said, it's going to be uh, painful without the two of them, but it also gives opportunity to some of the young guys, you know, Jadarian uh, Price, Jeremiah Love, they'll get their op- get more touches in the backfield in the bowl game. So I'll be interested to see how that goes. Yeah, we're going to see more of them now. And, we, you know, it, this is something that even though Andre Estime is just sharing this news with the world officially, again, you know, we pretty much knew it was going to happen. And as Marcus Freeman said, whenever it was last week or the week before, what, whatever the timeline is at this point, I can't even keep track of when anything was said or done at this point. But I mean, they've known they've been practicing with the guys 
who they know are going to be there and the guys who are going to opt out had long decided pretty much that they were going to opt out. And so there'll be no Andre Gestime. So they've been practicing with the guys that they're going to have. They're going to have Jeremiah Love. They're going to have Jadarian Price. You know, they're they're going to have Devin Ford. They're going to have Jabron Payne. So they know who they'll have for this bowl game. And obviously they'll have three of those four coming back next year as well. Did you get tired of the uh, the, the light reflecting off your glasses there? Yeah, Is there's that... just too much, too much light going on. <laughs> I'm going to go partially blind for the show. Before we get into what it looks like without Audric Estime, though, is there, like for Kyron Williams, to me, his signature moment was that touchdown run with the stiff arm against North Carolina in his final season, in one of his final home games for Notre Dame. Like that, to me, was the signature Kyron Williams play. Is there a signature Audric Estime play or moment to you? Hmm. I'm kind of springing this on you, but I mean, Audric sprung it on all so, of us, you know. So I'm trying to think of something more recent, but the one that really comes to mind to me was the touchdown against North Carolina State to open the second half. Because had he not scored that touchdown, I don't know if Notre Dame makes it out of that game. They were struggling early on. Um, and to me, it showcased everything that Audric Estime is, is he can hit the hole fast. He's a physical runner. But then what you don't know about him is he has that breakaway speed. And no one right. could catch him for about 80, I think it was like 80 yards or so. And so that to me is is Audric Estime in a nutshell. So that's the one I'd have to go with. And then I think there was a couple. And, and again, I, the first half against Clemson was really nice. Um, the couple hurdles that he had in there. Those were my, you know, those were kind of signature Audric plays for me. Um, but I'd have to go with the North Carolina State run. Yeah, that's the first one that came to mind when I thought about it. And Michael Hahn said it as well. The North Carolina State run coming right out of the locker room, basically, and just boom, bang. And like you said, it displayed both his physicality and his speed as he ran away from guys on that play as he churned downfield for 80 yards. You know, the the Duke touchdown run that came right after um, Sam Hartman's fourth and 16 conversion, that came to mind as well because he kind of had to, you know, create a little bit of his own, you know, get it going on that one as well. Obviously, wasn't as long, you know, so it, it was a little bit different, you know, a little bit of a uh, a dart to the end zone as opposed to that long churn to the end zone that he had. But, you know, like the NC State, there's, there's always been the – the, the, you know, the people talking about the similarities, the two big backs, Jerome Bettis and Audric Estime. And that, that was almost like Bettis-esque. I know that you weren't born yet, w w you know, the, uh, the the Sugar Bowl when Notre Dame defeated Florida. And I don't know how many of those highlights that you saw, but, you know, Bettis was some of the long runs that he had in that game, you know, doing some of the same stuff with both the physical play and the breakaway speed that he had as well. There's some similarities there. So that was kind of cool. And really... The Stanford game, not a moment, but to me, it was a definite, really, like, that is the last we're going to see of Audric Estime in a Notre Dame uniform. And for Audric Estime to go out with 238 yards and four touchdowns in that Stanford game, and the last game that he will ever play for Notre Dame, I thought that that was pretty fitting as well, as it, you know, again, it, it, it ended up 
you know, moving him up in the record books, 1,341 yards this season, fifth place all time in a single season in Notre Dame history. He wasn't that far away, remember, from the single season record, but also those four touchdowns gave him 18 for the season, which are his single season record. So I thought that that was, you know, it's kind of a kind of an exclamation point, a, a fitting way for Audric Estime to go out at the end with that big game that he had against Stanford. And you know, what, what, what did we say going in? It was going to be bad news for the Cardinal in that game. And that's what Audric turned it into. Bad news for the Cardinal, 238 yards. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's the holiday season, which means it's a time for giving. Giving to our community is important. And there's always joy in giving to our friends and family. We also need to ensure that we are properly focused on giving to ourselves and making sure we're taking steps to give ourselves the tools we need to get through the tough times. And the holidays are a perfect time for that. It's important to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. There are ways to make sure you have the tools to be the best version of yourself. And that's not something that's only for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving... Give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish. I wish I would have gotten the opportunity to watch that Stanford <laughs> game. I was unfortunately doing a lot of, you know, traveling around that well, day. I just thought about that. There were a lot of but, people who didn't get to see that game because it was the Pac-12 network game. I wonder how many people actually got to see it that night. Yeah, so we didn't even get to see – I didn't even get to see Audrey cap off his career and him having, you know, a great game. But it is what it is. Sloppy Joe says he's excited to see love and price. So what do you think it looks like? What do you think that what do you think it looks like in the Sun Bowl? Is is Jeremiah Love? Do you think he is definitely the lead back? Is it Jadarian Price? Like, do you think we see a lot of 21 personnel? What what's your best guess? Because we're gonna see Steve Angeli and a new offensive line out there as well. Yeah, so in terms of the running back rotation, I think that Jeremiah Love would be your guy to see the most touches. 
Um, and then after that, I think you'd see Jadarian and Jabron Payne um, splitting kind of the rest of the workload. But I see, I see Jeremiah Love at like a, a, a 50% and the other guys at like a 25% uh, snap share each. I think Jeremiah Love has shown the most in terms of being that um, dynamic running back out of the backfield. And, you know, his, his limited touches this season, whether it's handoffs or catching, you know, some screens out of the backfield, I felt like he's done really well. That's kind of the way it went this season. Estime had 210 carries. Jeremiah Love only 56, and his carries kind of tapered toward the end of the season, and we did see more Audric Estime. But Jadarian Price had 34 carries, and Payne had 39. You know, so Devin Ford was was much farther off. But it just feels like when you're, you know, like you've got Mitchell Evans is out for this game and you're obviously with all the receivers who are gone, even though you have some bodies who are going to be out there, it feels like, feels to me like we potentially see some more 21 type stuff. But I I just, I think that there is a lot they can do to kind of get creative with their game plan. And they've had long enough to get ready for it because again, they've known that Audric Estime is going to be out. So that's, it's kind of, Kind of exciting to see, like, we're going to see a completely different looking offense. Like, for everyone who's complained about the offense, and, you know, don't get me wrong, there's been plenty of reasons to complain about the offense this season. We're going to see something, I think, that looks a lot different, potentially, between the quarterback and the receivers and the running backs who are going to be available to play. Yeah, I'll be really curious to see, is this going to be, like, how much of a shakeup in the offense is there going to be? Is it going to be more stuff that we can anticipate next season in the Riley Leonard era? Or are we going to be, you know, still running the same offense that that Sam Hartman was running? Or is it going to be kind of a nice in-between, you know, some some new wrinkles here and there um, to kind of spice up <clears> – <throat> Spice up how you want to attack this team considering what's left on your roster, right? Because we've talked about this before, and I would say my biggest kind of gripe with with uh, Jared Parker is rather than kind of finding what works for his his personnel, it felt like he was he was enforcing kind of his offense on the personnel and saying, hey, like make this work. I think this would be a great opportunity knowing that uh, Angeli will be playing quarterback um, and, you know, with Price and Love in the backfield. I would like to see some more creative stuff and, and get your guys, you know, your more my, more dynamic playmakers, uh, the ball on offense. So hopefully we see, you know, some variation. And there's a considerable amount of time off now. You know who you're playing. You know what defense they're going to run. And so while the rest of the team, you know, player-wise, probably have had a little bit of time off uh, since the end of the season to finish up the semester and everything like that, you would hope that Jared Parker kind of maybe started to scheme a little bit. Because like you said, he's known – for a while now who's who's playing and who's not and so i think that there's been there's been ample time to kind of figure some stuff out yeah uh big licks burner says i don't know but i think d dion dion colsey is gonna flash and i don't i don't disagree with that dj just getting in he said i'm late can you start over <laughs> <laughs> um audric estime declares for the draft ops out of the sun bowl go um yeah so Estime is going to be missed, but again, they've been preparing for this. We've pretty much known this is going to happen, you know, so uh, good luck to Audric Estime. Obviously, he's been really fun to watch. I don't know about you, Jess, but I just, I have always, you know, like I was talking about Jerome Bettis, like, 
whether it's Bettis, Marshawn Lynch, you know, those kind of guys, Audric Estime, I love watching these big physical backs who aren't just like, you know, you know, smash it into the line and, and churn forward for a couple of yards, but but guys who've got a little shiftiness to them as well, you know, who can be both physical and throw you all, you know, give you give you like an angry run, run through some tackles, and then that burst of speed. Like that to me is a lot more fun even than watching like these, you know, just the you know, the little shifty guys scat around and all that kind of stuff. I love I love seeing some guys throw both some strength and some quickness into the mix when they're toting the rock. Yeah, that's 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 what make to me, in my opinion, that's what makes Audrey Estime the complete back is he's got the speed, he's got the agility, um, and he's got the 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 power to finish off runs as well. He's not he's not like what, what I would call a pinball running back. He's not just bouncing around yeah. everywhere. He's very downhill. Um, he uses his power to get through you. Um, but then again, he he's like a he's like a ballerina. He's light on his toes. Um, and he can still, you know, have that breakaway speed from you. And I think, again, that's the most impressive part to, to Audrey Gasme is you look at him and you see him as, you know, probably this guy who's just going to just try to, you know, win with this power and strength. But really, he has finesse and speed um, as well. Correct. Correct. Big lick. Um, he, you know, he's bringing the licks tonight. How excited are we to see Joe Alt anchor the Giants line <laughs> next year? Someone was asking last night about, you know, alt and draft predictions and what could be a good fit, you know, like organizationally, what would be a good fit. And of the teams that are going to pick in the top 10, the Giants actually have one of the better, you know, traditionally run organizations. But, you know, like I said last night, for obvious reasons, I don't want to see Joe Alt end up with the New York Giants. I don't want to see him have to play against the Cowboys twice a year. So I am anti All I'm saying is... Cowboys could use an Audric Estime type running back. They could. They could. Just don't even start there. Don't. Don't. Don't do it. Like, are you going to get me all worked up? You know, like, how many months do we have? We got like six months until the draft or something like that at this point. Yep. Don't even I'm start. I'm planting the seed early. Don't even start. I'm letting down the tree road. grow. Yeah. If you're going to throw that out there for like the next six months, I might just have to ban you. So. <laughs> Just don't even get me. Don't even get See, me. See, Michael Hahn even agrees. Yes. Um, good one from Johnny, though. Which NFL team needs a running back the most? I mean, they're all just so interchangeable now, it seems like. That's the thing. You know, like, do they? Steelers wouldn't do it, but I feel like he, he, could, he could fit well in that organization as well. Yeah. I don't think Najee Harris is good anymore, and I think he's – He's just, I don't think he's going to get another contract. And that first contract is just about up. Yeah. Um, that's where, that's where my mind went. I mean, how about what Kyron Williams has turned to turned into in the NFL? Like he's, he's just been a stud this year. I hope, I hope to see that continue. I mean, Sean McVay liked him and he took him and it's, it's really paid off. I think it's very indicative because he went on the IR for those four weeks, and as soon as he came back, I mean, he was he was the guy again. It yeah, went right through him. So doing they it were again. clearly uh, anticipating him. There's some other news, but we've also got word, you know, with all these opt outs, some good news for Notre Dame <laughs> because there are a couple of couple of uh, defensive players who early on in this process 
were thought to be potentially opting out. And it sounds like they're going to play based on some stuff that I heard today. J.D. Bertrand, Javante Jean-Baptiste, both looking to play in the Sun Bowl, it sounds like. Interesting. So that's, you know, and remember, remember one of our jabroni Twitter friends out there like a week ago talking about. <laughs> he swore. He swore Javante Jean-Baptiste wasn't going to play. And, and you know, Javante threw up, you know, his uh, his quote tweet or quote X or well, I don't even know what you call it anymore <laughs> with, with the question mark up there. And uh, from what we understand, those two veterans are going to be playing in the Sun Bowl. So the defense, it sounded like, is is going to be pretty stacked still with the guys who are going to be playing for Notre Dame. The offense is going to be completely new look. But that defense, which was one of the best in the nation all season, it's going to be largely intact with the does, exception um, of Cam Hart. Does that worry you at all? Does it In worry terms me? of the game, how the game flow might go? Because if you have a lot of inexperience on offense, are we just going to slow it down and rely on that defense, knowing that oh Oregon State's probably going to be on their third-string quarterback by the time the game starts? Play the safe game plan. Just that like seems like what Marcus Freeman would want to do. Yeah. Being a defensive-minded head coach. That's a good call. I think you're going to see a lot of running. I think you're going to see clock management, not a lot of risk. And if the whole defense is playing, I think that's what you're going to rely on. That's a good call. I think the other way, because Oregon State, you know, they, they've they got, they're not going to bring everybody back. But let me see. I've got a list here of guys who are looking like they're going to be out. So you've got a linebacker, a safety, a corner. So three from the defense in the transfer portal from Oregon State. They've largely got a lot of guys back. Now, that is the best list that I could find today you know so they're they were a pretty good defensive team as well and a pretty good running team as well but that man you bring up a good point <laughs> that kind of worries me now kind of worries me like you know I was kind of excited to see what this offense could be and I know a lot of people are excited to see what Steve Angeli can be and Angeli is obviously you know more than looking forward to his opportunity and a lot of guys who haven't had some opportunities on offense are going to get a lot of opportunities, you know, and what are they going to look like? <laughs> I don't think they're just going to come out slinging it all over the that's field. That's what I mean. Yeah. I don't think that that's the route that they're going to want to go. Yep. I, don't get me wrong. I still think you're going to see passing and everything, but it's just, I don't think it's going to be super, you know, like it's, it's, you can only get away with swing passes, you know, so often. <laughs> Right? Like, right. <laughs> they're pretty much sitting on what Steve Angeli can do, what they saw from him this season. So, right. And his last pass attempt was an interception as well. Yeah. Well, you, I don't even, you, I don't even know if you realize that because the one pass attempt that he got in, in the Stanford game was an interception. And then he handed off every play the rest of the game, you know, kind of wrote it out. So, Big Lick says Angeli deserves a chance to show what he can do. Being conservative won't tell us anything about his potential. No, I agree. I agree. I'm just thinking about Honestly, it I don't know Marcus Freeman's perspective. Yeah. I mean, but they're bringing in Riley Leonard. So how much do they actually care about Steve Angeli's <laughs> potential? I'm just being honest. I'm not, you know. Yeah. I don't mean that as a pejorative. I'm just being, 
just being as honest as I can. You know, they're they're bringing in next year's starting quarterback. Um, Brent wants to know: Can the current transfers play in the bowl game? Theoretically, they can, but it is very rare when that happens. They have pretty much all left the. T- oh, oh, are you talking about incoming transfers? The answer is no. If you're talking about incoming transfers, you can't play for two teams in the same season in college football. So, like incoming transfers cannot play. It would, um, they would have to wait until next year. So that can't happen. But like, again, like guys who are transferring out, in theory, they could hang around. Just like Sam Hartman was knew he was entering the portal last year at Wake Forest. He played in their bowl game, helped them uh, win the Gasparilla Bowl, and then he moved on. Good afterwards. old Gasparilla Bowl. Yes. So Cam Hart. This came out um, probably within an hour or so after last night's show ended. Speaking of guys who won't be playing, he's officially headed to the NFL and opting out of the Sun Bowl. Again, this one to me is not very surprising because of his track record with, with the injuries, the multiple shoulder injuries and shoulder surgeries that he has had. So I am not overly shocked to see Cam Hart opt out he had already accepted the uh, invitation to the Reese's senior bowl so i think it makes perfect sense for him any 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 surprise at all for you to hear that jess no and i'm actually very happy for for cam hart because i think he's deserved this moment um and like you said he's overcome a bunch of injuries so it's it's good to see like this is the one where you're like all right i feel real good about this one ryan roberts is here yeah See, Antoine, going back to what you were talking about, he says with basically the whole defense playing, I think the offense will show more. I just yeah. in, a, in an ideal world, but you got to remember what kind of head coach Marcus Freeman is. Right. Like he has shown, look at the big games that they've played. They've shown a much more conservative game plan and they've put the game on the shoulders of the defense, right? They haven't taken many chances. Right. And I think that that's going to be the blueprint. Well, and again, it's it's a bowl game here. So it, you can make the argument that this is the biggest game of the season. Yeah. It's a chance for Marcus Freeman to have his first 10-win season. Right. There's a, not a, there is, It's not like there's not a lot on the line. There is a good amount on the line, especially yes. for Marcus Freeman. Yes. Especially with everything that has gone on this month, you want to finish your season and this month with the best, most positive note you can. And that's with a win. And again, like... He considers this a big game, and the way that he has played big games, the way that they have strategized big games, is to is to pull back, not to go, not to go forward. So they have pulled in the reins on the offense, and you know, look, they're you know they're definitely not going to come out and have Steve Angeli slinging, but they do have what they have good athletes at running back, right? They have a couple good tight ends still. And they have good talent at wide receiver, which is still the same talent that was up and down all season long. So I'm envisioning think, phase on you know, screens to start the game. Phase on screen. I wouldn't doubt that. I wouldn't <laughs> doubt that at all. Michael wants to know how many of the new transfer how many of the transfers have found new homes? Just curious if one of the two receivers could possibly come back to the team if offered. I'm not. I'm not counting on that, but usually when you're gone, I feel like it's, you're gone. There, there are not a lot of teams are like, Oh yes, come back. We it's just, 
It's just very rare. Yeah, and I know people always ask that question, could they come back? And it's just, I would say probably 1% of everyone who enters the transfer portal end up going back to the team that they were trying. It might be a little bit more than 1%, but there are just not many guys who end up going back to their team. But you've got Chris Tyree is at Virginia now. Zeke Carell is at North Carolina State. Nana Osafa-Mensa and Braylon James are both at TCU. And I think that's it right now. I do have the list. Let me see. I'm going through the list that I've got here in front Speaking of me. Speaking of transfer players to come back, did you yeah. see the picture of all the, the QBs hanging out together in Eddie Street Commons? Yeah, over at Five Guys. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Apparently, Drew Pine was part of that picture. Yeah, he's well. one of the guys with the back to you, so you couldn't see his face. Yeah. But I'm, I, I <laughs> not to get off on a tangent or a side note, but I'm curious how that started. Like, are they all in a group chat? Or are they like, hey, you guys, we're all back. You want to go to Five Guys? Like, because it's like right. theoretically, like Pine and Buckner, what they said hi to Hartman as they were leaving and he was coming in through the front door. Like, well, but remember, Buckner went through a whole spring with. Oh, that's with a Hartman. good point. That's a good yeah. point. Sorry, I forgot. So, like, that. you had Pine and Buckner who had a pretty good relationship it seemed like at least that's what everybody said and then they also you know buckner and hartman were said to have a pretty good relationship and obviously and jelly was there in the mix as well so yeah it's like a quarterback convention over at five guys <laughs> <laughs> just catching up <laughs> that's right all right so cam hart leaving no surprise uh but um you know we'll see some different faces out there. I would imagine we'll see both Christian Gray and Jaden Mickey, mm. you know, kind of rotating mm. out there. Does that get you excited? That gets me excited. I love some Cam Hart, but I also love some Christian Gray and Mickey. I think those guys uh, will be great. And I think that they've earned the opportunity to kind of play in a bigger, bigger role at the end of the season, right? Like I remember watching them against Pitt have a really good game. Um, I remember it's just like in their limited opportunities, it felt like they have made an impact. And so the opportunity to play the entire game is something that they should be really, you know, chomping at the bit to get to. Yep. Big opportunities for them. Jack Kaiser is coming back. And as we said, JD Bertrand is going to play in the bowl. So you're going to have two veteran linebackers and you're still going to have guy guys like, uh, Jalen Sneed, Jaden Osbury, and potentially Drake Bowen in the mix. Kind of be curious to see, you know, what what potential reps that that Bowen might be able to get out of that with J.D. Bertrand coming back at the Mike linebacker. But, um, you know, and then you've got pretty much the entire defensive line coming back. You know, the, the starting defensive line. Anyway, I know, you know it was For the bowl game, for the bowl game. I know sure. I wasn't doing the show with you guys, but I was tremendously surprised by Howard Cross coming back. And granted, I'm not mad about it, but I guess I, I thought he was definitely going to kind of put his his hat into the NFL. You don't see too many guys have the kind of season, especially for a nose guard. You don't see guys have the kind of season that he <clears> had <throat> and then who already in his fifth season and then decide to come back for another year right? or for, for year six, like, is he chasing to, to finish that graduate degree? You know, like what is, what is, what is, what is keeping him here essentially? I don't know. Did Maybe he not he get, just, 
feedback from NFL grades, you know, like to me, it's, I don't know, but that's the one where I was, I was really surprised. I felt like some of the NFL draft evaluators I've seen have him among their top five or six interior defensive linemen, but it's, it's kind of hit and miss. Some do, some don't. So yeah, maybe he just feels like there's some things that he needs to work on, you know? Yeah, and, and if you're not, if you're not specifically and get a little thicker too, because he is still only 288 pounds, you know, yeah. get a little closer to 300 maybe. And I think that, you know, if, if if you're in that kind of maybe five, six, seven range, that can be kind of a dead man's zone because not every team is looking for that position, and so you combine that with, you know, where it might fall in the draft, where other players are at, not specifically needing it, kind of being in that maybe like mid mid-range tier I think there's a lot of you know he could he could potentially slip all the way to you know a a day three day four type of guy or sorry a round four round five type of guy yeah exactly so that takes us to the kicker and this is what we were originally going to lead the show with today because they got the commitment from the South Carolina kicker Mitch Jeter he was uh, South Carolina's starting kicker each of the last two seasons, also kicked off the last four seasons. He was 23 of 25 in field goal attempts, 75 of 78 on extra point attempts over the last two years. <laughs> Excuse me. He was a perfect 21 for 21 on field goals of less than 50 yards in those two seasons. That includes hitting all four field goal attempts of 40 to 49. He was one for three from 50 plus yards this year, but he was two for two 50 plus last year. And uh, that made him three for five on 50 plus yard field goal attempts the last two seasons. So what do you think about uh, getting South Carolina kicker, Mitch Jita? <laughs> Jita. Um, I think that this is ultimately the route to go in terms of kickers. Um, and, and it sounds like that he is going to be an upgrade um, from what we had last season in Spencer Schrader. But the main reason I like this concept of getting the kickers from the portal is these guys are proven, right? I, I feel like a lot of when these young kickers come in, it's either very hit or miss. They're either a stud or they kind of go through it a little bit. And, and whether that's the psychological battle, the actual battle of kicking you know, field goals, Whatever it might be, I feel like it is far more uh, for comfort's sake to just go out and get a guy that's proven, bring him in, let him do his thing, and go out. It's not like a position that needs constant development all the time. You either you either got it or you don't as a kicker. And so when you bring someone in, I just feel like it's a lot easier, um, and it gives you more confidence overall. So it sounds like you like the idea because this is the third straight year they have gone out and brought in a veteran kicker. They brought in, brought in Blake Groupie a couple of years ago. They brought in Spencer Schrader for this year. Do you think, like, especially as a Power 5 program, do you think you're better off? Do you think they're better off just going this route, going out and find guys who have shown that they have a track record, you know what you're getting when you get a veteran, you know, one of these veterans like this, like they, they brought in now the last three years, are you better off doing that than going out and trying to recruit unproven high school kickers? Absolutely, because 
again, it, these guys, when you bring them in, that you know exactly what you're getting. There's no experimental stage. It's no hit or miss. You know exactly – like the, the tape the, – there's tape. He's proven. Um, and why kind of, again, go through that – like there are NFL teams right now who still can't get – you know, find find us – like the Rams. The Rams have gone through like three or four different kickers this year. And so I think it's a lot easier to bring in someone in the offseason that you trust to know – and kind of have to roll that dice and potentially figure out something during the season because, you know, field goals and extra points, while they seem small, they're, they're a very pivotal part of the game. And especially, and I've always said that, you know, in the, in the closer games, the, the Texas A&Ms, the Louisville's, the, the Florida States of next year, I think you need to be, you know, buttoned up in all phases. Yes. We're still going down the road that, that <laughs> the football staff was supposed to know that Brandon Aubrey was going to be, you're just supposed to go out and knock on every doorstep of every program and say, you guys got some football players? Yeah. Anyone I mean, want to go play some football? I guess in theory, you, you know, at the very least, you could go over and, you know, talk to guys, you know, hold a meeting with, with, the, with the soccer team and watch guys kick a little bit, see who's, you know, got maybe a little bit of a knack for it and, you know, gauge who might be interested. But at the same time, I guess kind of the problem with that is those guys are on scholarship to play soccer and their season is going on at the same time. It's a little bit more difficult than like high school, you know, where, where you're trying to do both because you're not, you know, you don't have soccer games on Friday night when you're, you know, playing in, 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 in high school, but in, in college, it becomes a little bit more difficult. I think trying to manage, both of those things. So I don't know. I don't know how realistic that is to try to jump into that. I would, I would prefer just to do what, what we were talking about, just go out and maybe once every two or three years, you bring in a young high school kicker and see what you're able to get with him. Even though you have to burn a scholarship to do that, you know, unless you're going to invite a guy to walk on, which means he's going to have to pay out of his own pocket. I would rather invest a scholarship in a guy who's got a proven track record, like give the scholarship to the punter who maybe also has, but like in high school, almost every kicker is a punter and every punter is a kicker, right? <laughs> yeah. They yeah. do it all. Yeah, exactly. So you give the scholarship to the punter and you, you know, he's your backup kicker, like your emergency kicker, if you need it. And then, you, you know, you you go out and just bring in a veteran every year like they've done the last three years. I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, the kicking Same. the kicking has been a lot more consistent these last few years as well as they've done this. And, you know, we don't have to we don't have to go spend the night in a kicker's uh, recruits home like like good old Jim Harbaugh did to, to land these these kicking recruits. We just go out and find the guy that's proven. Andre wants to know who'll score more points, <laughs> Notre Dame's offense or defense in the Sun Bowl. Uh, I'm going to go with offense, but I do enjoy the question. <laughs> yes, going back to what we were talking about with the game plan, I you know I think you know it, it might be like 14 to <laughs> I don't know. I think the defense. I think the defense stands a chance to put them in some really good uh, some really good situations. I think. 
Could be. I, I, have you seen like what the over under is on this game by any chance? I haven't seen anything yet. I haven't looked at spread. I haven't looked at um, over and under. It's funny. I actually just got invited to like this college uh, bowl game pick them type situation. You can only pick spreads. Can't pick winners. You can only and it's you have to pick a spread for every college bowl game. Um, but you don't have to lock them in now. You basically have until the day of the game to lock it in because you just don't know who's playing and who's not. So be very interesting over, over under for the notre dame oregon state sun bowl right now according to FanDuel, 43 and a half points notre dame minus six and a half still Ooh. like i don't know how you pick any of these bowls with all the opt-outs <laughs> and and transfers how can you even come close to knowing what anything is going to yeah look i'm like? very surprised that FanDuel even has lines out because it's 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 just like like you said you like audric estimate i feel like being out would would lower both of those numbers. I think that would lower Notre Dame's spread, and I think it would lower the over-under because that man's a lock for a touchdown just about every game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Big lick prediction for the breakout player of the bowl game. I like this one. I don't one. think people are expecting. I'm going to go with Jordan Faison in offense. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, you, just, you, you ruined it. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, I would go with Faison on offense, and I don't think he would be considered like a breakout player. Like he had a breakout moment, um, and he's had some plays here and there, but I think he's going to be like consistently catching the ball, like, you know, like like four, five, six reception type day um, and, and really working some yak yards. Um, and I think that you'll see him a lot in motion, you know, just using him as not only as like, you know, eye candy decoy, but I think there's going to be design plays that involve him. So, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Faison on an offense. The key, I think, to this question is the breakout player that you don't think people are expecting. Like everyone's gonna say Jeremiah Love, or a lot of people are gonna say <laughs> Jeremiah Love because there's no Audric Estime, right? Right. So I've got to rule him out. Could it be Steve Angeli? Yeah, it could. That's the safe bet. The quarterback's always the safe bet. Yeah, I actually like who Big Lick said earlier oh Dion I'm, I'm gonna roll with Dion Colsey roll with Dion Colsey right now as uh the breakout guy we haven't <laughs> seen him in a while w you know with with everything that Dion Colsey brought with him to Notre Dame it, like a really talented guy missed some time with the injury but an opportunity now assuming he's 100 healthy he's going to be out there on the field I'll go with Colsey just because he's going to have a heck of an opportunity in this game, potentially. He's going to have a lot more opportunity than he's had before. All right. So really right now, there are only a couple decisions that are left because again, it sounds like we're going to see JD Bertrand playing the Sun Bowl. We're going to see Javante John Baptiste playing the Sun Bowl. We know is. Xavier Watts is going to play in the Sun Bowl. The decision that we're waiting on for him, is he going to declare for the draft? Same with Riley Mills. Is Riley Mills going to declare for the draft? There aren't too many other decisions out there that I can think of now at this point. Can you? I don't think so. And I think. <laughs> what? DK. <laughs> Sean's tires kiss of death. Come on, man. <laughs> I was chuckling at that myself. <laughs> I, I don't think that there's 
on the offensive side of the ball, is there anyone else that that's that's like potentially going to be out because the wide receivers transferred, all and Estime are out. I feel like the offense is pretty set at this point. It just might be like you were saying, a couple more of those defensive guys. Yeah, it's pretty much pretty much what we know at this point. So I think that's it. We're just waiting to see if Watts is going to come back for another year, and and ditto with Riley Mills. What's your that now? What's your thoughts on Watts? Do you think he should? If you were if you were Watts, would you come back? I personally would say no. I think you got to ride out that you just got a unanimous All American. I think your stock is pretty high right now. Yeah, his stock, the odds that it can get much higher are pretty slim. But at the same time, when we got a chance to talk with him last week, like he was critiquing his own game and he feels like there are definitely things that he can be better at that can put him in a, you know, like he would get drafted this year. The question is, where does he get drafted? I still don't think for the season that he had, that he is going to be, you know, he's not going to be as high as day two. At best, he's probably early to mid day three right now. Can he put himself at least into day two conversation next year? I think that's kind of what he's looking at. And I think that he thinks he can, you know, with a little bit more work in another season to get better with that, that, uh, that he can put himself into that conversation that, that, that he can potentially rise that high next year. So, you know, again, like he could go make a little bit of money this year, but there's still no guarantees. So I like the fact that he's, that he's betting on himself potentially. And uh, so you're saying that he needs to, he, there's potential of, you know, yeah, there's the face of this really nice awards that he's won and everything like that. But we're more so looking at, you know, those not that those interceptions could have potentially just like you know fallen to him obviously but he feels like there's more things that he needs to polish up in terms of the toolbox before he he makes that commitment of I'm ready to be an NFL type DB right like man to you know like coverage type stuff and right. you know you know refining his tackling you know as being a little bit more sure tackler and I and I'm sure that especially for playing a safety you know just probably like an extra 10 pounds of muscle would be yeah. pretty pretty good as well so that that kind of seemed to be the things that he was talking about when we had the the, uh, the chance to talk about it so i i hope he does i mean that would be like especially when you look at where the defense is <laughs> right now they can really use him coming back next year
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.